Crypto prices continue to surge. Porsche released some NFTs, then decided not to release some NFTs, which means that the price of the NFTs that they did release goes up. You can go and adopt a dog in the metaverse, and Sam Bankman-Fried has a safe word. As you guys can see, I'm in my brand new living room here. <laughs> no, this isn't my living room, guys. I'm in a nightclub at 9.30 a.m. You guys don't want to miss the rest of this stream. Let's go. That's dope. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and play that piano back there on the like button. You see the piano? There's a DJ booth back there, too. I haven't been in a nightclub at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time since my DJing days of, of old. But here I am. I found a place with a decent internet in this hotel, and it happens to be the same place that I was, uh, frankly, drinking 12 hours ago right here they got a kind of a cheetah theme here if you guys can't see the furniture cheetah there's a actually a cheetah right there if you look over there there's cheetahs by the couches too it's very cheetah very cheetah very very swanky fishy situation going on here as you know guys i uh, this stream is sponsored by prime xpt if you miss dirk on wednesday then uh I don't know. I've got nothing to say. The guy was live trading on Prime XBT while discussing markets. Uh, guy is just a legend. We're going to keep having him back on. I hope you guys can uh, hear me that all is good. We're working with the AirPods today. Well, John says rip to the cheetah. I don't think it's a real cheetah. There is a cheetah literally right next to me right here. Let me see. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but look. It just sits on the bar. That cheetah lives on the bar. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So listen, I might get kicked out at any moment. Anything's possible. So you know what we do on Fridays. Uh, we talk about the news, the week in review. It's usually me unhinged, but today it's me having uh, bad allergies. I uh, you know got contact lenses like a month ago. You know you're supposed to like wash your hands before you put in your contact. So I put my contact lens in uh, upside down, so I was hurting, so I had to flip it. When I did that, I washed my hands, and I apparently got soap on it, and so I basically uh, just directly uh, put some soap into my eyeball like ten minutes ago. Pretty popping, pretty exciting. But here we go. Here we go with the news. The first story of the day. First story of the day. Don't mind all those people back up. <clears throat> the first story of the day obviously has to be right here. Well, here's the actual story. Sam Bateman Freed's dog can attack on command using secret word. This is his last line of defense. His family got him a German Shepherd, 75-pound, named Sandor. And it's apparently a genial, very kind, nice, polite dog, unless you say the secret word. So I asked Twitter, of course, what do you think the secret word is? Wrong answers only. They actually gave me the right answers. I haven't even looked at these. Zao, of course, Polycule, CZ, uh, Cucumber, that's a good one. Decentralization, sorry. I would have gone with Oopsie. Investors, what? Caroline, Peanut Butter, Stop Loss, Safe Space, Balance Sheet. What do you guys got? There, there you go, secret word, balance sheet. That's a good one. There's a lot of people walking in and out here. This is hilarious. So there's a, apparently we don't talk about Bruno right there. What was that? I can't find that one. That was cool. Yeah. We don't talk about... I say we don't talk about Luna Zucchini. 
good dog megabyte bird is the word b -b -b bird 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 is the word i'm trying to it's interesting with only one screen trying to figure it out bottom line is uh clearly this guy is scared i don't know if you saw recently that a bunch of people showed up uh at his house uh three guys i think it was uh in a car and security sent them away and they said you can't stop us eventually we're going to get in there so people literally coming after this guy you may remember there were videos uh of madoff at one point where every time he'd go on the street even with security people would slap him around and punch him and hit him because you know they lost their money but now digging into some other news here bernstein bounce in cryptocurrencies is mean reversion rally basically saying the gains are unlikely to foreshadow a sustained advance report from the brokerage firm obviously bernstein a huge brokerage firm their point here being that we have such a massive drawdown in 2022 in the crypto industry that what we're seeing now is simply a reversion to the mean and by the way that can be a very good trade and they went on to say but that means there's still a lot of room potentially to run to the upside, right? Because that mean reversion could be massive uh, because it went down so far. So say maybe we don't get a new bull market or a bull run uh, running here, but it's very possible that we could see more upside. And they say that they think that's a sustained rally right now is more of the good old fashioned crypto washing machine. Here they said, capital internal to crypto, sideline stable coins being deployed. We have not yet seen any new capital allocations to sustain this rally. Okay, I think that's fair. Moving on, why is crypto bouncing back? Well, this is a more sort of on the same topic, but what they're saying basically is that we've had an incredible January because the contagion is somewhat priced in at this point. So basically, we're getting better prices because they think that the bad actors are out of here and we've got a new fresh leg to stand on, a new fresh base here. And they noted that that base is still much higher than where we started last time. Obviously, the bull run of March 2020, where that started, was down below $4,000. And if we go back to September of 2020, this price was around $16,000. So the point being here is that maybe on an emotional level, just getting rid of the as I said, Mashinsky, Doquan, Rios Capital, and Sam Bateman-Fried feels like the chance for a new beginning. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. What do you guys think? Do you think that that's actually uh, what is happening here? <clears throat> Strange voice reboot. Does my voice sound weird? Does my voice sound weird to you guys? I think it's probably fine. I'm going to guess that my strange voice, <laughs> probably your computer or something, because I'm not seeing anyone else talking about my voice being weird. Now, let's take a look actually at the Bitcoin chart now. Not too much of interest, to be quite honest. As you can see, this is the weekly chart. For me, for me, if we zoom out here on the weekly chart, by the way, I'm working with one screen here, as I said, so I can't see what you're saying when I'm actually looking at things like this. We just have a series of lower highs and lower lows, right? This has a question mark because a lower low is not confirmed until you have a confirmed lower high. Right now, that would be it. If we dropped down, that would confirm a lower low. But interestingly, if we get above 25,212, that would be a break in this market structure. It would be a higher high end of the bear market. But what do we have there? We have this key resistance right here, and we have a 50 MA and the 200 MA both on the weekly looming ahead as key resistance. That would be a very, very, very difficult not to crack, I would say. So I think that this move could uh, extend up to that 25,000-ish area, and then we're going to see what it's really made of. But as you know, guys, I showed you a million times, we have bullish divergence with RSI on the weekly chart. 
I've showed you the chart a hundred times. There's only three times that weekly RSI has ever been oversold. And this was the first time that we had such clear bullish divergence on the weekly. Now zooming into that is the four hour chart, obviously we don't usually go in uh, this, this zoomed in, but we're just ranging, right? We had that uh, wick just uh, the other day that was kind of savage. Price came all the way back down. But right, I, you know, we've been here now for a week. Seemingly, we get all the exciting price action now on weekends when uh, Wall Street is shut off and it's just native crypto traders that are looking at the asset class and actually trading it. So maybe we see another boom on uh, Friday, right? This was a Friday right here. That was last Friday, which is exactly what happened. Friday the 20th. So maybe we get a break in either direction out of this range when the trading day closes today. I'm coming back over here. Uh, you sound like you have the flu. <clears throat> yeah, well, what are you going to do? Scott, your voice is whispering. Yeah, I'm doing my best, guys. I don't know. Feels like I'm talking normally. Sounds like you have a heavy cold. Yeah, I've, I've got major allergies popping off here, guys. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I am not a robot. <clears throat> yeah. Security, there's a strange man talking to himself by the grand piano. <clears throat> That's me. Yeah. Having a, having a bit of an allergy attack here. Anyways, Porsche hits brakes on NFT Mint after backlash. Fans of the German car manufacturer hit back against the Mint's high price and supply hours after it opened on Monday. So Porsche trying to get into the NFT game and the luxury people who like Porsches were not having it. The Mint price was 0.911 Ether, about $1,490. They were supposed to mint $7,500. They started minting. The community went wild, said this is BS, it's too expensive. We're not having it. And so they only ended up minting 1,818 of these. They quit. Quit in the middle of a mint, a very crypto-y thing to do. So what does that mean? Well, Porsche NFT Floor Plus races up following Bumpy Mint. So of course, since now they're scarce and they only minted 1,800 when they were supposed to be 7,500, if you did get one, they naturally did what? They doubled in price. Doubled in price. Oh, what, what <clears throat> different audio input than normal. It sounds like to me, I'm talking in AirPods instead of into a actual microphone, like a normal person. Yeah. So now we've seen a doubling in price when they halted it. Absolutely hilarious. And exactly what you would expect from something in the crypto space. Now this one's interesting, right? We've been talking about this. Layer one blockchain Aptos token reaches all time high. Aptos has been surging since the start of the year, but some traders expect the rally to be short lived. Now, interestingly, they're, when you read this article, they're saying when some traders expect the rally to be short lived, that's because funding on you know leverage positions on Aptos are massively negative. Hmm, I don't know. When uh, when people are paying and rates are negative, usually that means there's going to be a short squeeze. And I think that's what we've been seeing over and over again. But interestingly, this article was written uh, two days ago because we're reviewing the week. Price was at 1646. Now it's at 1774 and had already hit a high uh, about 19 bucks. Hard to see there. Uh, 20 bucks, $20.32. Holy crap. And what's interesting is it's done it actually without any significant uh, bearish divergence. Maybe there's a little bit here at the end. Now, maybe it looks like it's uh, finally starting to top, but it managed that almost that whole push with RSI going overbought and not uh, hitting uh, that bearish divergence. And interestingly, RSI went to 90, which is where basically in the area of where Bitcoin's RSI has been sitting on the daily now for quite a while, which I told you seems 
really, really overbought and ripe for a retrace, which is still my uh, bias on any of these. But this is a cautionary tale. You look at Aptos, people have been shorting this all the way up thinking, no, no way it could possibly happen. Now, as we've discussed already on some streams, I had Mo Shake from Aptos on the stream just uh, two weeks ago. Literally two weeks ago, I think maybe now it was like 15 or 16 days. Price was under $4 and we were lamenting the, the fact that price was so low that they had launched in October during their market and that their seed round or their uh, second round, their, their B had been led by SBF and by FTX and oh, woe is me and holy shit. Now price is up literally over four times, hit five times what price was two weeks ago. That should be a major lesson onto what is still possible in the crypto space. I mean, absolutely insanity, insanity. So even while Bitcoin's been kind of sideways and people are thinking that this might be toppy, well, that's what you get there. Doesn't this look like Paw Patrol? Looks like Paw Patrol to me. The metaverse is just Paw Patrol, guys, right? Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite Paw Patrol? I always was kind of partial to Rubble, to be honest. Kids seem to like Marshall. Kind of like Rubble. Kind of like Rubble, man. He's Chad. He's Chad. But anyways, yeah, the story being here, Pedigree unleashes virtual fostering in Decentraland to find real dogs' homes. Pedigree's Fosterverse aims to raise funds for animal shelters and encourage people to give the pets a home in real life. So basically, this is like Tamagotchi for 2023. You can go and... Uh, Victoria says I sound like an astronaut. I get it, guys. Sounds, sounds not great. I'm sorry. Uh, so you can go in the metaverse, you can adopt a dog, you can play with your metaverse dog, and they're hoping at Pedigree, who sells dog food, that you will then want to adopt a real dog in the actual world, and I don't really get it, but it's awesome, right? I mean, what do you think? This is in, in Decentraland, of course, Mana. Here's it. Those who don't own land in Decentraland can still interact with the virtual pets, including chatting with other users to learn more about the real-world dogs, donating to the Pedigree Foundation to help other pets in need, or adopting their real-world counterparts. But I did find it interesting here that only 50% of dogs uh, that go into shelters basically ever get adopted. And I think we know what that means for the other 50% of dogs. It's not great. It's not great because it means that they're, they're, they're dead. Those dogs aren't, aren't going to make it. So uh, let's hope that a lot of people adopt virtual dogs and it forces them to adopt Chase, Marshall, Rebel, Sky, Zuma, Rocky. And then there's like that dude Tracker, and then there's those weird twins. Yes, I have kids, and I know about the pop girl. Shut up. Pantera Jump Crypto back 150 million injective ecosystem fund. The initiative will support financial apps developed to work across blockchains based on the Cosmos system. Now, this is interesting because Injective is a smaller project, but it helps build financial tools in DeFi. And basically, what this is saying is that uh, with the failure of all these centralized platforms and all these centralized systems in crypto, it's time to double down some of the biggest companies doing so, time to double down, obviously, into DeFi, because DeFi, unlike centralized, DeFi is not actually broken at the moment, which is a good thing. So you've got Pantera Capital, KuCoin Ventures, Jump Crypto, Delphi Labs, all putting $150 million into this fund to build DeFi financial products uh, in the Cosmos ecosystem and built on Injective. I've talked about Injective quite a bit in the past. Uh, I actually bought the coin like right when it launched and I'm still 
still sitting on that position. It's one of the one of the uh, projects that I'm actually rather bullish on long term. But this, I mean, this even made it to TechCrunch, and I believe Bloomberg. This is this was big news. But once again, the story really here is that there's still a hell of a lot of money being poured into development on these protocols, and the ones where there is still money is a good thing. Tito would like you know, Scott. Your voice is very weird today. Nice backing track. Do you guys hear the piano there? Sound is good. Is the acoustics of it? I mean, I'm in a huge room, and I've got allergies and whatever, bro. Let's take a look at the chart of injective right here, which I hadn't looked at a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, this bounced right off support. I think this should head up to $3.75. You actually have a double bottom if it can break over $3, uh, which would send price much higher. Let's take a look at the target again. Let's call this the double bottom right here. Call this the neckline. Let's pull this from one second. Try to put the line in. This would be your line for a... Uh, Double bottom right here. Let's make it red. I'm trying to do this on a tiny laptop, you know. So yeah, if this can break above three dollars and forty-four cents, you're talking about an eight dollar and twenty cent target. As Mati Greenspan said on Tuesday, look at that bottom. That's an Apple bottom pattern right there. It's everyone's favorite pattern, the Apple bottom. Love it, love it. And increasing volume actually increasing massively. This will probably end up being the biggest weekly volume candle uh, in years, two years even with this massive bull run over here on the side. So I would say that this is looking pretty juicy right now. If it can get above, uh, maybe I think it probably the target really is that $3 at the moment because, you know, this is based on the news that's happening right now. You know, I've been up since like uh, 5 o'clock this morning. I was writing the newsletter and stuff and just occurred to me that I drank coffee and have not even drank a single drop of water yet. <sighs> yeah, it's a uh, Bonita Bonita Apple bomb pattern. Yeah, uh, Ian's actually it's Apple bomb. Yes, it's an Apple bottom jeans pattern uh, made famous, I think, by Florida. Yeah, <clears throat> your voice is very weird today. Yeah, I know, guys. Whatever, deal with it. El Salvador pays back $800 million maturing bond. President Nayib Bukele says the country was the first in the world to use Bitcoin as legal tender. Why are those two things related? Because people said that their Bitcoin bet meant that they were never going to be able to pay back their debt because they were going to lose all their money on Bitcoin. And no, 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 no. Hey, Bukele, proved them wrong. They paid it back with interest. And now everybody can shut up. Right? All the haters, all the people who said that it was a bad bet, whatever, they were able to pay back their debt. No problems here and can continue on with all of their bullish Bitcoin activities. It's cr pretty crazy now to think back, but I think it was May or June. must have been June, uh, the Miami Bitcoin conference, when this was announced that uh, they were adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. Almost two years ago, we don't hear much about what's happening in El Salvador with it anymore. But really, really uh, interesting to see that they were able to pay back this bond. It's good news because it eliminates a bit of the FUD that was obviously circling. Ethereum's Buterin proposes stealth address to enhance privacy protections. This is uh, some of the really nerdy news that you get where you have to dig in and talk about, you know, uh, all kinds of words that no human person in the world understands on the tech. But the bottom line here is it's basically like adding privacy to Ethereum transactions so that people can transact without anyone knowing about it, even though you would see that the transaction exists, you wouldn't know who it is. This is basically like tornado cash being built into Ethereum and it's pretty freaking awesome, right? A lot of people are uh, very bullish on this news saying that uh, it would be huge for Ethereum and for privacy. 
Stealth addresses would provide a mechanism to also add privacy protections to non-fungible tokens and Ethereum name services, as opposed to just ERC-20 addresses, which you can do with something like Tornado Crash. Here's an example. For example, when I buy a coffee at the supermarket, I might not want the supermarket to know my employer, how much I earn, and what I spend it on. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Stealth addresses are yet another quite straightforward tool to increase the overall privacy in the network. We're cooking through this news today, obviously, guys, because I sound uh, apparently like I'm uh, sleeping underwater in a nightclub. FTX creditors include Apple, Netflix, and Coinbase court documents reveal who did not, who in this world did not lose money on FTX or give money in some way, shape, or form to Sam Bateman Free. I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't understand. FTX treasures, Apple, Netflix, Coinbase Corp. Scrolling down, who else do we got here? Uh, a lot of crypto companies, I think, was obvious. We had Coinbase, Finance Capital Management, Chainalysis, Yuga Labs, Doodles, and Silvergate Bank. Okay. Uh, then we have banks, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. Now, of course, BlackRock, Sequoia Capital. But then it gets really interesting, Right. Uh, could pertain to money owed by FTX for goods and services. Pharmacy, CVS, Netflix, Comcast. I think I even saw Southwest Airlines, DoorDash. How did all of these people manage to have exposure and become creditors to FTX? I have no idea. Multiple departments of revenue from numerous states across the U.S. are included in the creditor matrix as well, from Alabama to Wyoming. Are there others? Because it seems just random to choose those. The credit matrix also outlines the Bahama Ministry of Finance as a creditor in the bankruptcy case. Uh, we all knew that there was crypto contagion from FTX and from SBF, but I definitely didn't think there could be a risk that I won't be able to get my meds at CVS Pharmacy because they were credited at FTX. That's not really a thing. You're going to be able to get your meds. It's fine, guys. Don't worry. You'll be able to get your Ritalin because we know you all need it. But holy crap, I'm sure that a lot of it is like secondary creditors. Someone was invested in something that was invested in something that was invested in FTX. But holy crap, man. Holy crap. This is absolutely a bananas story and crazy town. Now, listen, that is all the news that I had for today. I did just want to show you guys the Matic chart because I keep mentioning it. And wow, it keeps going. Didn't expect that. But I've been telling you guys, listen, there's only a few things I've posted in the newsletter. One of them was Aptos. It went up. One of them was GMT that went up. The other, Matic, right? And Matic, I think the premise of the original trade was that it was flipping the 50 MA here. This is the weekly chart, by the way. So this is looking really bullish, right? 50 MA, that's a flip of the trend here on the weekly chart, which lines up with this resistance here. So the original trade was around 93 cents. So you're up well over uh, 10%, 15% there from that. But now you have this descending resistance. One, two, three touches and a break now through descending resistance. We need to see this close above it, obviously, on Sunday. Looks like it's going for $1.30, and eventually a trade like this should be targeting the highs around $2.92. I know that sounds crazy, but listen, if we're any, entering any sort of bull run, Matic has been an overperformer on the downside. It's uh, done better when everything else has gone down, gone down less, and it's also always overperformed on the upside. So I think it is sort of a beta asset to the crypto market. And listen, Paul, I mean, these guys have done deals with literally everyone from like Instagram to uh, you name it. 
right? This is the darling of institutional adoption. But either way, the trade here that I was looking at was this break at around a dollar or five. If you zoom in on the daily, I mean, give me a break, right? I mean, you could draw this line an inch higher, but a break on increasing volume and now a perfect retest and move up. Matic looking exceptionally good. That's the only trade that I've kind of had in mind today. Uh, let's see, Scott Milk, our thoughts on sentiment. Looking forward to FOMC next week. I mean, I, listen, I think that it's gonna be the difference between whether we get a 0.5 or a 0.25 rate hike. If it's 0.5, market's bad. If it's 0.25, market's good. That's basically all I got. Yeah, trend lines breaking everywhere, out everywhere in the market. That is true. Listen, descending trend lines can be very misleading. You get a lot of fake outs. But we're also seeing horizontal trend lines broken. We're seeing a lot of 200 MAs flipped, which is trends. I mean, things are looking really good. It's almost scary how good things look because that's usually when uh, we get a massive FOMO and then everybody shorts us down to death. Guys, that is all I got for you today. I know it was a bit short, but tried to make it happen here in my new cheetah living room. And my new cheetah living room. Once again, guys, check out Prime XPT and check out that stream on Wednesday. It was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome with Dirk. We're going to be having him back, as I said. Guys, that is all I have for you today. I hope that you have a wonderful, amazing, and terrific weekend. I will see you soon. Peace. That's dope.